Alrighty, we are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly, and it's episode number 484. We're recording live on September the 29th. Abriana, how are you? I am good now that I am back inside and dry. Had a little car hiccup this morning, so I had to go rescue our babysitter <laughs> in the rain with a dead battery. But um, yeah, I am good. Just a little, you know, it's like kind of gloomy here today, but um, yeah, lots going on and then not a lot going on at the same time. If that, I'm sure, I feel like everybody feels that way, right? Like everybody's more busy than they've ever been surprisingly, but nobody's going anywhere. So how about you? Got the beard going. And you like, you had a birthday this, this weekend. So that was pretty fun. I saw some pictures. I did my my youngest turned three so we celebrated and had a, a lot of fun and um yeah it's been you know it's been nice like spending some extra time with my kiddos the last six months and seeing them more and so yeah it, it was a great like the weather held out on Saturday we got to go to the park and just play outside and you know have cupcakes with a few friends and really low-key obviously can't really do anything big or indoors right now but we you know we made the most of it and she had a great time so that's all that matters but yeah, yeah. and you did some fun stuff this weekend too yeah we went we were away camping um uh so we were up north and it was the weather was beautiful it was sunny it was warm um yeah you know it's nice to uh, fit one more of those in before it gets cold and uh you know, being outside by the campfire, you know, all the, all that goes with that. So that was, that was good times. Um, yeah. And, uh, we've had some really warm weather, uh, the last couple of days, uh, abnormally. So for this time of year, we're, I think coming back down to reality, um, you know, the next couple of days. And of course, tonight is the kickoff of, uh, you know, uh, baseball playoffs. So, uh, my Blue Jays, you know, made it in there. And so they're playing Tampa and, We'll see how it goes. It's the best of three, so anything can happen, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So. And, and then uh, this weekend also um, some college football uh, started, so that's, that was fun, watching a little bit of that. And, you know, it's kind of nice to have some sports going on. Yeah. Some and, sense you know, of normalcy. And I'm thinking, like, you know, like we just got to get rid of Tampa, uh, you know, out of the playoffs, you know, they already won the Stanley cup last night. So that's enough for them. You know, like they can, <laughs> they can move on. <laughs> for, that's enough celebration for that. City. Yeah. Spread it around a little bit. Right. Maybe, you know, mm -hmm. maybe it'll be Toronto and Atlanta, you know, in, in the finals for baseball this year. I don't know. Maybe that could happen. Well, you know, true confession is that like my dad's family's all from Tampa and I lived in Tampa for a little while right before, um, uh, we got married. And so like, that's the only, you know, hockey team that I ever cheered for was Tampa Bay lightning. And, uh, and so, because by the time I moved to Atlanta, our hockey team was gone. Um, right. so yeah, so I'm excited about that win. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like it's been a lot of years for them, like, you know, going after that. So like they, you know, they've got a really good team, so I'm, I'm happy for them too. Anyhow, all right, well, we've got a good show for you this week, four stories that we wanted to cover, um, and uh, I'll let Ariana kick it off, as per usual, with a, a cool, interesting retail story. All right, so this is a Walmart story, and, you know, we've been hearing a lot about, um, you know, big retailers that have been uh, testing some things out with the drones and drone delivery, whether that's pharmacy or 
you know, order online. Um, and obviously this is a continued version of that, but Walmart is actually testing drone delivery for COVID tests. And they started this um, with Quest Diagnostics and then a drone service provider called Drone Up. Um, and the way that this is working right now, this is just a pilot program and they're delivering the, the tests. It's like an at-home self-collection test. Um, and so this is only within a one mile radius of a specific store that's in North Las Vegas. So you make an appointment, you go to get, get dronetest.com and then the drone will actually deliver the test to you. And then you mail it in with the, the envelope that comes in there to Quest Diagnostics to get your results. Obviously you have to, you know, there's some criteria involved, like you have to meet the CDC requirements for tests, you need to be 18 years old, um, all of those things. And there's no delivery fee that they're charging. Um, so they're also looking to expand this to Chictawaga. I have no idea. That's terrible. That I don't even know how to say a city. Okay. Well, anyways, in New York later, uh, in October, well, early October. So just, just around the corner. Um, so this is interesting, you know, like using the drones we've talked about for prescription deliveries or medicine deliveries. And this is sort of in that same realm, I would say, um, and they're also testing drone delivery of online orders and pharmacy orders like, you know, we've seen, I think it's like CVS and Walgreens have tested this, you know, we've seen Amazon and 7-Eleven and different companies sort of dipping their toe in the water. So obviously this is all dependent upon, like, you know, is the weather okay? How far, you know, a, a mile radius is not really opening you up for a ton of drone deliveries. So this is a pretty small pilot. Um, but you know, it's interesting, like thinking about what are all the capabilities that we can have. Um, you know, I think that like the testing aspect is so important for everything, because even if there is a vaccination, you know, the way that they're talking about how long it lasts and all of those things, I think like the avail availability of rapid testing would just be even better, right? Just <laughs> making sure that whenever you're going to go somewhere, you don't have anything, um, is just really important. So I think starting to think about creative ways that companies can deliver that um, and get that in the hands of all of the consumers who need to be tested, you know, in a quick manner is really important. So I like that they're thinking about this idea, you know, like I said, it's very early phases, it's early stage. Uh, it's not a huge pilot, but you know, this could grow, right? This could grow and expand. I mean, just Last week, we have had the church across the street from our community doing free testing, um, drive-through testing. So I was actually able to go and get tested as negative, so that's good. Um, but, you know, just like it's great to be able to have access to that because for a long time, it was really hard to find anywhere to be able to go and get that easily. Yeah, no. So I, I, I mean, I'm completely with you on this. I, I think uh, it's a neat little experiment. Uh, it, you know, it's limited in scope. I like the only thing that confuses me is like the, um, you know, how do you go from doing a pilot in North Las Vegas to Chictawaga, which by the way, like the only reason I know that is because I live in Toronto and Chictawaga, Tonawanda, Lackawanna are these like little suburbs of Buffalo, New York. So this is all upstate New York, right across the border from us here. Um, so that's how I know that because growing up as a kid on TV, we would get like the news uh, channel from upstate New York. Uh, and so you, they would be always talking about these little suburb towns because 
where Toronto is on the lake, we bypass typically all the snow and it all hits on upstate New York in the in these areas. So you always you always hear about that. So anyways, that's how I know what Chictawaga is. Um, but it's so weird, like to go from North Las Vegas to, you know, that area as a, you know, the next testing area. I like, I, I don't get it. But um, anyways, uh, other than that, I think this is cool. Maybe they're I, testing how the drones perform in different climates. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that that could be it, or or maybe like uh, you know the uh, Quest Diagnostics has you know facilities there or something, so that's just the logical uh, fit that could, could make sense. I don't know, but uh, anyhow, I mean I I like it. I like the idea of people like booking these things, requesting them, and then having it flown out to them, and then they can kind of just mail it back. I like the simplicity of that. I like that they don't have to go and get it; it's coming to them. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's it, it, it's it's kind of just adds an interesting wrinkle, especially when people are, you know, wanting to stay in wanting to be, you know, you know, like it, it, if they feel like they've, you know, they're positive, if they like personally, you know, are feeling symptoms and whatnot, and they don't really want to go out because they're being good citizens and they don't want to expose people, then yeah, requesting the thing comes into them, you know, is a makes a hundred percent sense, right? And it's it's you know, there's no human contact, right, in that sense either, right? So, I like it. I think it's it, it's uh, it makes a lot of sense, and yeah, I, I hope to see this kind of thing expand. So there you go. All right, on to our second story. United Airlines now is launching a new interactive flight search map in partnership with Google. So this is a, a Google-powered map search. Um, and so what they're doing is, is that they're kind of ramping up with people being more at home and not, you know, travel kind of restricted and, you know, international travel in particular. Um, they're enabling a lot more on, on the search side of things when you kind of search for flights. So now there are all these new filters. You can search by price, by departure city. You can search by the best place to travel for certain activities like skiing or hiking, you know, or those kinds of things. Um, you know, which wasn't available there before, um, you know, which I, I kind of like. That's the, to me, that's really neat. You can search by location type. So, you know, search for destinations that have national parks or those kinds of things as well. Um, and then the uh, um, other thing that's kind of interesting, like related but a separate tool that they're kind of announcing at the same time is uh, in the map feature, um, they have the ability for you to see which parts of the country that they fly to, you know, are, are experiencing higher case counts of COVID than others. So you can see sort of like that, you know, kind of red, yellow, green kind of coloration of the map in terms of, you know, what's going on. So the reality is, is, you know, people have been home for a long time. People are getting antsy. People want to travel. They can't travel overseas, especially Americans right now. You know, there's lots of international uh, destinations that are blocked, um, you know, to American travelers. And, um, you know, I think that's, you know, something that, you know, United's recognizing and they're saying, hey, you know, we can address this domestic travel, you know, is something we can support. We have a lot of routes that we fly um, and people want to get out and do things. So let's let's help them figure out where those things are happening and how we can support that best. So I, I, I really like it. Um, I mean, in the map search, they even have like you can search, you know, for beaches or breweries or, you know, all kinds of things. Like it's really kind of neat, like the, the level of categories that they've uh, kind of layer, layered into it. So, yeah, I like it. I like this, too. You know, something that I think about a lot is like 
whenever I go to, let's say, uh, a loyalty program that I like to use back when I was traveling often was hotels.com. It's like really simple. You stay 10 nights, you get a free reward night, right? And you can apply that to a lot of different things. But, you know, sometimes you just want to see like what deals are out there based upon what you want to do. So you're like, I want to be able to, uh, you know, drive to a beach city within six hours. And, you know, I want to look at what are the best deals around me instead of having to go city by city and compare and all those things, you know, you want to see like, what are the options and, you know, what can I get? And so I think that having the idea of being able to search just based on context without having to say exactly specifically where you want to go um, is really helpful. I also think that one feature that would be great if they're not thinking about this yet would be what cities or states are making you quarantine if you travel there. So for example, I know like if you go to New York, you know, you've got, you're supposed to quarantine for like two weeks, you know, if you're coming from specific states and so kind of making sure that they're updated on those guidelines as well, it would be really helpful. But yeah, I think we're all antsy and we all want to travel safely. Um, and we certainly are ready to just kind of move about and explore. And I think that the one benefit that, that COVID has brought is that, um, at least here in the States, like we want to explore outside a lot more often. And a lot of that means, you know, you got to travel somewhere that has like open parks and, um, you know, historical places that you just want to go and be outdoors. And so I think that this is a really great way of thinking about it and just spinning the traditional, you know, kind of uh, thought process on travel. So yeah, like, like I, you know, like it's interesting. Like um, I've been reading a lot, not really, not directly related to the story, but I've been reading a lot about uh, how much more uh, RV usage is up this year. Like you know, people just renting these RVs and driving across the country, you know, with just their little family unit, and because yeah, it makes sense. Like people want to get out, people want to go see you know things. They have the time, they have the you know ability to work from wherever, and um, you know, I, I think it makes sense. So. Good on you. Yeah, I actually just had that same conversation with a good friend of mine from high school because her and her husband decided to buy one. Um, and, you know, I guess just kind of everything that's happened pushed them to make that decision now. But I, I, we were, I was laughing because I said I had a period of time, like probably like three months into, you know, working from home and my kids being out of school and everybody being in the house together where I said, you know what, let's just put everything in a storage unit, like pack it all up and let's just get an RV and we're just going to go on the road and just like travel. We're just going to be this crazy family that just kind of, you know, goes around and it has all these experiences. My husband was like, you have lost your mind. I'm like, I really think I have, but, and so I did like solid research for about two weeks <laughs> and then decided, yeah, I don't think this is a, a great option for us right now in our lives. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. So, cool. All um, right. Well, let's okay. go on to our next story then. Yeah, so this is interesting uh, story to me. Amazon is trying to get into the more localized IoT space with this new network that they're they're trying to create. So they're trying to create this distributed localized um, IoT network, and it's going to be called Sidewalk, or it is called Sidewalk. Uh, and supposedly they're launching it this year, which is interesting because we I don't know I haven't heard a ton about this so far, but. What this is going to do is use consumers in-home Wi-Fi bandwidth to connect different devices longer distances, like as up to half a mile. So, you know, you think about like you go for a walk around your neighborhood or around the block and, you know, you've got bandwidth that's connected through this sort of IoT daisy chain things together. Mm -hmm. um, 
So the bandwidth contributions would come from Amazon Echo devices, Ring floodlight cameras, spotlight cameras, um, and it's going to be low bandwidth working range of devices. So think about like doing this across your neighbors and having sort of a network of networks, if you will, um, that would help devices to stay online and kind of connect those things together. So they're touting this as a way to like stitch neighborhoods to together, kind of as you think about smart cities, they're saying, you know, we're going from consumers to communities and, you know, creating these smart neighborhoods. So also something that they have said very kind of confidently and out front is like, this is probably not going to be a match or a competitive offering to 5G. It's just, you know, not going to be like national coverage like that, but probably more on a smaller community scale. Um, they're looking to do a proof of concept with American Red Cross later this year. Um, you know, my perspective, actually, I want to hear your perspective first before I say mine, or I, I can go, whatever. But. Yeah, um, no, I, I think it's it's fascinating what they're trying to do. I think, um, obviously, um, you know, with the, with the sheer volume of devices that are out there in consumers' homes right now, from the doorbells to the Echoes and, and Alexas and so on. Um, you know, I, I think certainly the, the power is there to do this, the, the range and, and reach of a, a mesh network that they can create with this, I think makes sense. You know, I, I think that there would definitely have to be some work done in convincing the consumers that, um, you know, they're not, uh, you know, sort of neighbors don't have the ability to kind of tap into other neighbors, you know, devices and, and things like that from a privacy perspective. Because, um, I mean, everybody already thinks, okay, well, they're listening to everything I say and everything I do and Google's listening and, every, you know. So, you know, if you start to extend that out now into a mesh network across a neighborhood or, you know, a one mile area or whatever, um, you know, what does that mean from a, you know, a data privacy perspective? Um, is it strictly bandwidth, you know, and can they make the case for that? Or is it or potentially, is there more risk than that? So, you know, that's that's the only thing that I, you know, kind of think about when I when I see stories like this. But I think in terms of the use cases for this, the benefits uh, that could come from this, you know, to consumers in in connectivity and bandwidth, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of advantages to it. And, um, you know, like, think about it this way, like, if, if you had, you know, let's say a, um, a smartwatch device that was plugged into these networks and you were out running in your neighborhood or whatever the case might be. And from a connectivity point of view, you could do things in your home or other things like, you know, with this extended mesh, that to me is valuable, right? Because, you know, you're not using the data, you're not using other networks, you know, uh, bandwidth to do that, right? So I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot of advantages to it. I think the one issue or question I have is around data privacy from you know, uh, what's actually going to happen on this. So I definitely agree with you on the data privacy. Um, that's one of the points I wanted to bring up, but I do, I will disagree a little bit that there's a big, like a big value add. I feel like it seems like an odd value proposition at this point. I don't feel like there is, you know, with 5G rolling out and with the connectivity that we already have, I don't think that anybody's really having an issue with being able to connect to their devices uh, when they're outside their home from a half a mile perspective. Like, you know, most of the time you have your phone right there with you anyways. And so you can easily check your ring device. You can easily check, uh, you know, anything at any given time. You don't, 
typically need to have that extra bandwidth, maybe in the case of like you have terrible cell phone coverage, but I would feel like those cases are pretty few and far between um, here in the States at least, uh, or North America as a whole. So I don't really know that there was a challenge or a problem to solve by creating this. You know, obviously you already talked about the privacy concerns and how you and your neighbors may handle your data or your decisions differently. So for example, uh, you know, there have been concerns that if you have any of these Amazon devices that, that those um, things that are uploaded right to the, that network already within your community within let's say the ring network um, you know can already be given to the police without even your consent or without you giving it to them so that's to me a challenge because it's your you know your property it comes from your device um, and so you know how you handle that type of data or how you feel like it should be handled and how your neighbor feels like it should be handled could be very controversial and different so I think that's another challenge to address. Um, to me, this just seems like, like uh, you know, another way for them to get more information, such as what other devices does this consumer have in their home? What other, what else are they connecting with and to? So, for example, right now, you know, your your uh, internet provider, your ISP, is going to know that information, but there's not a lot of other, um, you know businesses or companies that have the ability to access that but I would I bet Amazon would love to know that because you know they're constantly creating new devices and they want to know well what else can we create what else can we you know how else can we tap into these consumers homes and their daily life to know even more detailed information about them so for me this is like not really I I can see how they can spin it but I don't I'm not really buying it I don't think that it's going to I don't know that it's going to uh, take off. Yeah. So I will, one last comment on that before we move on that. So like, I think I'll say this, I think, yeah, in terms of finding use cases for the consumer, you know, I think there's a struggle there, or at least they haven't articulated what those are. But I think from a business point of view, from a city government, municipal um, services point of view, there, there could be a lot of advantages here. So think about like now you've got this mesh network across a neighborhood across the city, right? Um, you know, leveraging all these devices. So if, if Amazon if Amazon decides or, or, or other companies decide they're going to go into, you know, smart city tech, so like, you know, smart lamp posts and smart, you know, uh, garbage bin disposal boxes on the streets and smart this and smart that, then those things need connectivity. So what are you doing? You're buying, you know, a 5G data plan for your, you know, uh, garbage bin, or are you going to actually connect it to a local network, right? That's already out there. So that, to me, is where you start to see, you know, these the advantages of of having access to a, a network that is a truly local mesh network, right? Because um, otherwise, you're, you're going to be relying on the on the mobile operators to power your your data usage. I totally agree with that point, but but what I'm saying is that if you are going to be, if, if Amazon intends on leveraging my personal ring camera and my personal Echo yeah, in order to provide that, what are they providing me? Yeah, exactly. Nothing. So yeah. the value proposition is off. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. So, all right, cool. Last story. So right here in Toronto, um, 
uh, you know, lots of companies have been putting out COVID solutions um, and trying to kind of help businesses uh, reopen safely. Especially for SMBs, that's a difficult thing because most of them are even just trying to survive and keep the lights on. You know, many have already shuttered for forever, never to come back. Um, and so there's a little company up here called WXM Tech, and they've created a product called Traffic Flow, which um, I really like because um, they have really been able to kind of like just throw something together at a very low cost. So by blending um, printed uh, cardboard box, Bluetooth sensor, a couple of cheap LED uh, lights, red and green lights, um, and a cable, uh, basically all in for about uh, $89 Canadian or $67 American on the, on the last conversion, uh, they can deploy this basically capacity monitoring counting uh, platform. So if you need to count how many people are coming in and out of your business, and you know maintaining a certain capacity restriction set by like say local government, uh, they can basically count using this, this sensor uh, connected to an app um, in real time. They can show a green light, meaning you know people can come in, or a red light, meaning you know they're at capacity or whatever, and all in for you know like I said uh, about seventy bucks. Um, you know, uh, so you know it's not a complicated story, but I like that you know people are out there not just trying to take some big huge platform that they already have and adapting it for COVID, like they're building something new and they're trying to do it at like the absolute lowest cost possible to try and really help businesses. You know, and same as what we're doing at ground level too with our contact tracing. Like we just said, hey, it's free. Anybody who needs to collect name, email, address, phone number, here it is. Like we'll do it for you, privacy managed and so on, no cost, we just want to help. And I, and I see the same sentiment here. Maybe maybe the Toronto company is that this is what we do. Like, we, you know, we just try to help out. It's the, the nice Canadian attitude, you know. Uh, we're just super friendly, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I, I, I like that uh, they've thrown this together, and I like that they're out uh, pushing it. I'm going to reach out to these guys and see if we can help them in some way, too, with what, uh, what they're doing. So. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that was going to be my my comment was like, look at all these Toronto companies stepping up on on COVID, uh, you know, help and and sort of, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Resources to keep things moving in, in a better direction. So I think this is good. Yeah, like doing things at low cost, you know, helping people just get going and get started and, you know, stay safe and stay, uh, you know, in compliance as much as possible, I think is awesome. So kudos to them. And of course, all the stuff that you guys are doing at ground level um, as well. But yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I think at the end of the day, like it's a little bit easier for us here because there are more consistent, you know, rules set by government on what you can do and can't do and what's mandatory in terms of masks and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, whereas you guys, it's a hodgepodge of, you know, whatever, every state's got their own thing. The federal government says one thing, the state does a different thing. The mayor does completely something opposite. Like it's crazy. Right. Um, and, um, so it's hard to kind of, you know, build solutions, you know, that are scalable, right. In a market like that. Whereas here, I think it's, it, it's quite, uh, quite the opposite in some cases. So, um, but hopefully, yep. you know, we're what, 35, 36 days, what, from, you know, uh, an election where maybe something will change. I don't know. Tonight, by the way, if you're, if you're listening, it's the 29th today. So tonight is the first debate between Trump and Biden. So I'm sure people will be tuning into that. Um, that should be, uh, an interesting, uh, show and I call it a show cause it will be entertainment more than, uh, substance. I'm sure. Um, oh, yeah. 
I, I'm so sure it will be. Watching baseball playoffs, then you should be watching <laughs> the debate. Yeah. Well, they'll both be games, so you know, tune in to whichever game is is uh, more your type. And I'm sure that people have uh, stocked their fridges full of whatever beverage of choice they want to uh, accompany them with <laughs> either form of entertainment tonight. Well. My three-year-old just walked in, so I think we're wrapping up here now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, happy belated birthday to her. And, um, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. It's been episode number 484 of Location Weekly. We thank you for tuning in every week. Uh, please reach out to us with story ideas or uh, feedback. And all our contact information is at the end of the show if you're watching the video. Uh, otherwise, we're easily found online, um, you know, on all the social channels. All right, everybody, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Uh, until then, bye.